Hello, and welcome into the CBL Fantasy Football Show. I'm your host, MC33. is almost in the books and it was an exciting one Thursday night football started off with a bang as the Bills dominated the Rams and there was lots of fantasy goodness in that game the Bills look really good Josh Allen looks awesome and they've got good receivers and then there's always the Rams with Cooper Cup definitely some disappointment from some other guys on that side of the football but just it was a great way to start the week and uh, as the weekend went on lots of different studs popped off and, and had great weekends and Then there were some that definitely underperformed, and we're going to talk about some of those in each recap. So let's get right into the recap of the CBL matchups from this week. All right, in the first matchup, we've got Brian versus Dan, and this one played out kind of how I thought it might. It started off right away on Thursday Night Football with Dan's quarterback, Josh Allen, having just a great night. He had 39.98 points. He was on fire. He even had two interceptions. One wasn't his fault. One was a bad throw, but he could have had an even he could have had an even bigger night because those are minus two for each, and then there's touchdowns left off the board. And uh, the Rams didn't really do much to stop him. They couldn't get a pass rush. The the, the Buffalo Bills are just going to be so good all year. There's going to be lots of fantasy points there. And then Dan had a big day from Jonathan Taylor on Sunday. I mean, these two guys scored 75 points for him together. That was really the difference in it because right now Dan's leading. A 140.68 to Brian's 111.35. Brian does still have Russell Wilson left to play. He's playing at Seattle tonight on Monday Night Football, and he needs 30 points from him to to win this game. Dan's done. He's done at 140.68. 30 is doable, especially in our scoring format with six point per passing touchdown, and you get points for for rushing carries and things like that. But it just doesn't look likely couple different substitutions from the original rosters that we went over. Brian did play Damian Harris instead of Mike Davis, which was a good move. Damian Harris didn't have a great week. He had 10 points, but it was more than Mike Davis. One of the moves that Brian made that seemingly looked bad on Thursday Night Football was subbing Allen Robinson in for Mike Williams from the Los Angeles Chargers. And Allen Robinson only had 2.2 points per game, or sorry, 2.2 points in the game and did not have a great night. Mike Williams, though, only had three points, so really it wasn't that much of a difference. Uh, I guess that that point could could be a big one in terms of what happens tonight with Russell Wilson, so we'll see. Dan subbed, uh, subbed out Kenneth Gainwell for Brees Hall, and Brees Hall had a slightly worse game, not a whole lot, but really what this game came down to was the 75 points from two guys that Dan had. Those two are going to be studs all year could easily be the number one overall quarterback and the number one overall running back and any week that they play like this you're going to have a good chance to win so just imagine what Dan team could do if some of those other guys went off too he had some average performances from some others but but dan's team looks strong for sure and it looks like my prediction of dan beating brian is going to hold true in the next matchup we got nate versus cade nate comes into monday night football done he has no players left He's at 122.15 points, which is not a ton, 
Uh, and and for him, it started just the opposite of how Dan's week started. He played Matthew Stafford on the other side of that Thursday night football game, and he only got Dan or he only got Nate ten points. So he was kind of playing catch up from the get go. Cade's got one hundred fifty three point four one points coming into Monday night football, and he still has a wide receiver and a defense to play. I think this game is in the bag I don't, unless Cade's defense goes negative. 30 or 40. Uh, so Cade's, Cade's done. This this game is over. Cade's won. But let's just go through the recap to see how they did. You know, Nate's running backs, Christian McCaffrey and Travis Etienne, didn't really have good days. McCaffrey had a bad, you know, I would say for him it's bad, 18 points. Usually he's hovering in the high 20s without even, even without touchdowns. And Travis Etienne had a big fumble that I think kept him off the field from what I, what I looked at. I didn't see the game. But Cade's running backs really played well. You know, for for the team Cade drafted, he drafted wide receiver heavy early. And so with these running backs, if they can go off and have good games, he's going to be really tough to beat. Leonard Fournette had 20 points. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had 24 points, and most of that was in the first half. So just the fact that Cade was able to get that production from them, he's going to be a tough out. Nate's receivers did okay. Mike Evans had a decent day. T. Higgins left the game with a concussion, so he didn't play much. Cade's, Cade's receivers just went off. Justin Jefferson had 39 points. Tyreek Hill had 18 points without a touchdown. That Those guys are going to be tough all year. Cade's got a really good team. And then the tight end. We knew Nate's tight end would be really good. But I think what we're seeing is having a great tight end might mean you're, you're weak in some other areas for depth. Uh, Travis Kelsey had 26 points, but Cade was able to get 11 points from Zach Ertz. Big, big surprise from Nate's flex with Antonio Gibson. Uh, that wasn't someone he initially had in his lineup, but he had a pretty good day. They were ahead early, I think, kind of to, to a surprise, and he caught a bunch of passes. But Cade still has Cortland Sutton. He's going to be able to put up a ton of points there in that flex spot. Uh, he's already won the matchup. It's just now about adding to that total points. Again, I, I think the talking point here is Cade's wide receivers are always going to be good, but when his running backs play like that, He's going to be so good. When you look at their benches, you know, Nate left some points on the bench with Cordero Patterson. That's a guy who was so good for him last year. I was a little surprised he didn't play him. But I think next week he's probably definitely going to get him in that lineup. Cade kind of played all the right guys. You know, for his team, there's really a lot of upside guys on the bench. So it's honestly, he's going to probably keep the same lineup each week. And it's just about those guys showing up. But my prediction was right. Cade beat Nate. All right, in our third matchup of the week, we had Rabe versus Quinn. Rabe came into the matchup, projected to score 152 points, and he finished his week with 153.45, which, which is pretty dang close to what he was projected at. He had He's done. He has no other players. 153.45 will be his final for the week. And Quinn comes into Monday Night Football with one wide receiver left to play at 110.02. It's not a insurmountable number, but... It looks pretty insurmountable and probably not going to happen to score, uh, you know, 44 points to try to get the win. Uh, It's just going to be really tough. I don't think it's going to happen. You know, John didn't really make a whole lot of changes. He did change his flex out and put Elijah Mitchell in who got hurt, but he didn't need it because he had such a strong night on Thursday Night Football. Both Cooper Cup and Stephon Diggs had big games. Cooper Cup had 31.8 points. Stephon Diggs had 26.2 points. Those receivers are going to just carry him to wins. And kind of like Cade, his receivers are so good, and when his running backs play like they do, he's going to have a great, 
great season. Saquon Barkley had 37.9 points. I think we all know Saquon's really talented and good. I don't think we expected that. And James Conner, you know, with full PPR, you can kind of pick your piece your way to a good game. He had 19 points because he had five catches. So uh, definitely uh, John's team is really strong, and he did all this with only getting four points, just under four points from Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be a tough team this year. Maybe it's his year finally. Maybe maybe the Buffalo Bills will win. Uh, Quinn's team, uh, you know, he played probably the guys that he should have. There was one spot that he did make a substitution, which I guess you could kind of say it hurt him, but with the way that John's scoring, I don't know if Quinn could have done much. He subbed in Adam Thielen for Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas had a good game. He had 22.7 points with two touchdowns, and Adam Thielen really didn't do a whole lot. Well, I guess you could say that additional 16 extra points he would have gained, you know, 16-plus points from keeping him in there would make it a little bit closer. Uh, and, and maybe a great game from Tyler Lockett, who is Quinn's remaining player in the flex. Maybe that would be something that could get him to beat John, but I just don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I think it looks over heading into Monday night. Um, no matter – I mean, it, with the way that Quinn set his lineup, that's what it's going to be. It's it's going to be John. Um, but but – it, all I'm saying is it could have happened maybe if he would have kept him in there. Uh, so nice move, Quinn. Uh, but anyway, like I said, John John's team is, is going to win. That's who I predicted. John's team is going to be tough all year. Right now, John and Cade's teams, look they, they both look very good. Our fourth matchup saw Keaton versus Todd. And dare I say, it, is this the year of Keaton? Keaton's team comes into Monday Night Football with the top overall score at 164.42 points. He's got no one left to play, but that's the top score as of now. Uh, great showing by his team. Todd comes into Monday Night Football with two players left, his running back, a running back and a kicker. and He's got the low score of 91.87. We're going to go through all the spots here, but Keaton's team just had a great week. Joe Burrow had a bunch of turnovers, but he still managed to get 23 points. And Joe Mixon and DeAndre Swift, his first and his second round pick, uh, they they went off. Joe Mixon had 28 points. DeAndre Swift had 30 points. Those guys definitely carried him. And then he got some great additions from Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Gerald Everett. Those ended up being substitutions. The wide receiver substitution he made, I think, was just a feel thing. He just was like, no, I want to sub this guy in. And then Gerald Everett was one he had to. Gerald, uh, George Kittle went down with an injury, was inactive, and Keaton made a great pickup on Gerald Everett. You know, 14.4 points for a tight end. That's a good week. Uh, Keaton's team's going to be tough with these running backs. They're they're solid, and they're going to get carries. Joe Mixon, seven receptions. I had Joe Mixon last year, and I would have killed to have seven receptions in a game. That just wasn't his role. He never was on the field for third downs, but when he does, he's going to get lots of points. And DeAndre Swift, 15 carries for 144 yards. That just doesn't happen in Detroit. For Todd's team, he did sub in Jalen Hurts for Dak Prescott, which was a great move because Dak struggled. He had a bad night. And just as of this recording, just found out that he's going to have wrist surgery and be out for a number of weeks. Najee Harris did not have a good game for Todd. He didn't play much of the, the fourth quarter and in overtime. So that, that's someone Todd's going to need to step up. And C.D. Lamb's really struggled. He went to he had two catches on eleven targets. That's not good. Uh, so Todd's team Todd's team definitely struggled. Probably the biggest disappointment was the play of Cam Akers. Uh, Todd started that guy. I think a lot of people thought he'd be good. He just wasn't on the field. He was only on the field for a few snaps, 
He only had like three touches. So I think there's a lot of teams in fantasy football worlds and circles that, that played Cam Akers, but he had a really tough night, and it definitely hurt Todd's team. Uh, Todd still has some guys to play. He's got Javante Williams and Brandon McManus, but he's down you know, too much, and Keaton's going to win this one. So my prediction was that I said I think I will go Keaton, but I don't feel great about it. I think maybe I need to start reevaluating how I look at Keaton's team and start to feel good about picking him as a winner. There were a couple guys that Todd could have played, maybe Miles Sanders and Michael Carter. But when I look at his process, I would never, ever bench Najee Harris or Javante Williams for those guys. Maybe you could talk about Cam Akers, but there's no way he was going to play both those guys off his bench in place of one of these running backs that he started. So process was good, just Keaton's team was better, and Todd had some bad luck. Okay, our final matchup of the week was me versus Cody. And as it currently stands going into Monday Night Football, I have the lead, 136.32. And Cody is at 133.65. My team grossly underachieved from what my projections were at. And Cody is kind of right on line to where he was projected to finish. You know, when you look at our team, I'm up three going into the, going into the final game, and I do not feel good about it. I had Kyler Murray, and he had Patrick Mahomes in the same game, and I thought for sure this would be a shootout, and it was for Patrick Mahomes, who scored 45 points. Just Kyler Murray forgot to show up for that. He only had 25 points, and that was disappointing because the Chiefs were up early, and you would think Kyler Murray would be able to get more points in garbage time, but, man, Mahomes was really just the difference in Cody and my matchup. He, he, had, he had 45 points, and no one else really played well. Uh, running backs, his running backs definitely outscored mine. Uh, you know, they didn't have great games. Dalvin Cook had 18.8, probably would want more for where you drafted him. But Nick Chubb had a pretty good game. He had 20.8 points with no touchdowns. But for me, Alvin Kamara and Ezekiel Elliott just really didn't have good games. They both scored just under 10. Kamara was at 9.85. Zeke was at 8.4. You know, Zeke, you could chalk it up to playing a really good defense. He looked so good in the game. They just didn't give him the ball. Like, I think he had, he, he averaged five yards a carry. I mean, every time it was five yards. I didn't get to see Alvin Kamara play, but um, definitely, definitely not excited about their stat lines. As far as receivers go, my receivers had really good weeks. I subbed in Gabe Davis, and uh, he had 18.8. He scored the first touchdown of the NFL season. And Jamar Chase had a really good game. He had 28.9, and uh, he had a touchdown. Uh, called back, or they said he was down right at the goal line. That's what it was. They said he was down at the goal line, and he was clearly in, and the Bengals didn't challenge. I needed that challenge, dude. If you would have challenged that, oh, my God, I'd have an extra six points, and I'd feel much better. Um, either way, um, Cody played. Uh, he has DK Metcalf coming in Monday Night Football, so DK still hasn't played, and he had Terry McLaurin. They both had pretty – or Terry McLaurin, I guess I should say, had pretty average day. Um, you know, he only had 13.8 and DK, who knows what he could have. He's not projected for a lot, but I'm only up three. So he's got to only catch two passes for 10 yards and he's going to, he's going to beat me. Uh, anyway, going to the tight ends, you know, this was, this was probably the one that hurt the most. In the preview show, I talked about how Kyle Pitts, my tight end was elite and going to have a great season and how TJ Hawkinson was like a guy who, he might just catch a lot of passes and close the gap to make it close. Well, TJ Hawkinson had a better game than Kyle Pitts, so um, outscored him by about four. 
Uh, that was a big difference. But then in the flex, I played A.J. Dillon. I subbed him in, and that was good because, you know what, he was my best running back of the day. He had 22 points. Not looking good for me heading into Monday Night Football. Cody's defense also played well at 14 points. If I could somehow get D.K. Metcalf to not score three points, um, I'm going to win. But if he scores three, I'm going to lose. So I picked me. As of now, I'm winning. The prediction does not look good, and I do not feel good about it. There you have it. Pretty much all the matchups in the CBL are decided. There's still hope for some. You know, when you look at the Sleeper app, we've got three matchups that are 99% win probability, which means it's over. And then there's two. Well, one with 90-10. That's mine. I'm going to lose. And then, Brian, there's just that slight chance. If anyone's going to win their matchup who's down right now, it's Brian on the back of Russell Wilson. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, there, there's a small amount of hope for a guy like him and maybe even me. Thank you for listening to the week one coverage of the CBL on the CBL Fantasy Football Show. Tune in on th- Thursday for a preview of the matchups as well as some analysis on any key waiver moves or trades that may have happened. Hopefully, there are some moves being made to help teams better their position. You know, There's some injuries that happened this week. Could play a factor into the waivers. And maybe even trades too. So we'll see what happens. If anything big happens, I'll definitely talk about it on the preview show next Thursday. As well as going over the matchups and looking at the standings. And maybe I'll even do some power rankings for the for the season. So I'm excited about that. As always, hit follow or subscribe on our page on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts.